you are going to know that you know that you know that it is well with your soul. You know what? I'm almost feeling like I can do the click in my heels today. I'm almost to that. Let's see if I can. Because I know it. Come on. Yeah. All right. God has healed me and he's restored me. He's healing you and he's restoring you. Listen, let me tell you what Ron Campbell sent this, this week. Uh, this is going to bless you. I moved that so you could see through the uh, podium so you could see the video. That's why we get a little more glass up here, more plexiglass, so you can see through everything. Uh, listen, this is what Ron Campbell sent to me the other day. And this is, this is to me, but it's also to the church. He said, listen, this includes the church. And he says, I heard a word for you and the church. This year is going to be a year of replenishment. Say replenishment. Oh. This is going to be a year of replenishment. Say replenishment. Y'all are going to make me work today, aren't you? Okay, I'll work. I, I love to preach. All the vats that have run dry will be replenished with new supplies. Say new supply. New supply. New supply. Say new supply. New supply. Come on. Oh, come on. Where are my prayer words? Y'all need to start praying if you're a prayer warrior. Because I sense some heaviness in here this morning. And I don't want to have to pull it out of you. I want the Holy Spirit to plant it in you, okay? He's going to replenish. We're going to be replenished with a new supply personally. Say personally. In ministry, health, finances, spiritually, as well as new opportunities. Anybody looking for a new opportunity in 2015? All that the locust and canker worm has destroyed will be resupplied to overflowing. Hallelujah. How many of you are cowboy fans? Listen, I'm going to preach so long, you're going to miss the first half. And we're locking the doors. I hope you DVR'd it so you can go back and do like I do, too. Miss all the replays and the commercials. Man, there are going to be people filling up stadiums today. They're going to be dressing up like goofy people, looking like idiots, shouting to the top of their lungs for something that doesn't really mean anything. Oh, after all that work, you get a trophy. Whoopee! And a ring. Whoopee! Listen, we belong to the King of Kings, the Most High God. I'm telling you, we ought to be excited about this. Super Bowl ain't nothing for what we get at the end of our life. Super Bowl is going to look like a little bitty, little bitty thing compared to heaven, right? Okay, I've got to get going here this morning. I love that. I love the story of that song because it, it preaches. When he can pin right there in the middle of the ocean, right there where he can look down and know that's where my kids went, Except he knew better than that. The kids, their bodies might have been in the water, but he knew where his children were. That's why he could write. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, thou, say, thou hast taught me. Thou hast taught me to say, it is well with my soul. He was listening to the great teacher. The great teacher said, listen, I want to teach you something. I don't care what's happened in your life. I can tell you without without." Any reservation because of Jesus, you can say it is well with your soul. It's well with your soul. This morning, some of you, man, you're coming in here, you're heavy. There's heaviness. You might have had a fight at Christmas. You might have had, you might have had a family quarrel at Christmas. 
And Jesus says, because of Jesus, you can leave this morning and say, it's well with my soul. It's well with my soul. Amen? So turn in your Bibles to Mark 4. We're going to look at where Jesus was in the boat with his disciples. One of the most famous, one of the many famous stories, uh, uh, accounts of the true gospel in the Bible and in the New Testament Matthew, Mark. Mark is the second book in the New Testament. We're going to look at chapter 4, verse 35 through 41. A beautiful story. And I want to tell you some, you're going to learn some truths here today through the scriptures, I believe, that are going to change your perspective and your outlook on life, especially as we move into the next year. Amen? On the same day, when evening had come, Jesus said to them, let us cross over to the other side. You need to underline that, highlight that. Jesus said, let's cross over to the other side. Okay, remember that. I'm going to come back to it. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. We don't hear much more about the boats after the little boats, but... And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling, probably filling with water, or people from the other little boats. (laughs) But he was in the stern. That was Jesus. What was he doing? He was asleep on a pillow. Woo! And they awoke him, and they said to him, Teacher! Do you care that we're perishing? We're going to die in the storm. The water is going to... We can't... What are we going to do for a teacher? We've seen you do a lot of miracles, but we got a storm here coming, and you're going to let us die here? That, they didn't say all that. They were thinking that, though, right? They actually asked him if he cared about them. They, they asked, <clears throat> Oh, have you ever said that? Jesus, don't you even care about me? Don't you care about my situation? Don't you care about what's going on in my life? And you're just crying. All right. Then he rose because they, they cried out to him. He was trying to sleep, right, David? Well, Jesus didn't snore probably, all right? David does. Then he arose. Jesus arose, and he rebuked the wind, and he said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Say no faith. Ooh, wow. That's a pretty bad indictment on these guys that have been following him, isn't it? And I, I had to correct something that I said. Or I've said this before. Maybe you've said it before. You've heard it before. And I had to correct something in the first service, and I'm going to correct it here because I think theologically I might have been off. I've always, I've always taught that God responds to our prayers of faith. Anybody? That he doesn't really respond to our prayers of fear. But this is a classic example that he responded to fear. They called out his name. Jesus, wake up. He said, why are you so fearful? So they were, Jesus actually responded to fear. I'm not recommending that be your normal way you pray out of fear. Okay. Sometimes we get in positions and places that we are. We just call on the name of Jesus, right? When the boat's going down, like, or when you're walking on water and Peter starts to sink and he calls what? He calls out to Jesus. He, he was afraid. So there's another example of God responding to fearful prayers. Help! Help! So he, 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 he I don't recommend that. Though. I want, God wants us to have faith-filled prayers, okay? But they feared exceedingly, and they said, after they saw him go, stop wind, stop blowing, waves calm. <laughs> Would that have been the most, I would have been afraid. Whoa. Stop wind. Water rising up. Waves. Anybody ever been on a boat, a little boat in in, in the bay or in the ocean that was going, 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anybody ever been? Yeah, yeah. And when you got out of that, if you got out of it without throwing up, you threw up later, right? Yeah, are you? I remember when we went to the bay one time with Marilyn's parents, and I thought, I'm doing really good. Went out the bay, went fishing. These waves weren't bad. Got back, and we thought we'd go out and eat that night. <laughs> and I said, honey, why is the restaurant moving? <laughs> Everybody in the restaurant was doing this, you know. So they, 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 they saw Jesus get up from a sleep, and he's at peace. And he gets up and he says, stop, wind, waves, settle down. Man, do you see? What I want to show you here is that sometimes God changes your circumstances. But more than, more than that, he wants to change you in your circumstances, because most of the time, our circumstances are a product of what we've caused. And God says, listen, and because I need you to be changed, I need you to be renewed, some of these things are going to change just automatically because your mindset's changed. The way you're responding to things, the way you react to things, when you get the mindset of Christ, these things are going to change in your life. Amen? But I want you to see something else. When he said, he got in the boat and he said, we're going to go to the other side. When Jesus says, if you get in the boat with him, we're going to the other side, Mark. Guess what? Guess where you're going? Guess where you're going? What? You're going to go to the other side. You're going to make it no matter what storms rise up in the middle. Did Jesus know there was going to be a storm when he got in the boat with the disciples? Did he know that he was, there was going to be a storm when he laid his head down to go to sleep? Can you lay your head down at night with the storms brewing around you and sleep? You better be able to. Because Jesus said, I give you peace. He said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to speak to you. Peace, be still. So this morning, I want you to understand. You can say, it is well in the midst of the storm. Write that down. You can say, it is well in the midst of the storm. And if I went, if I passed this microphone around this morning, some of you could tell me some storms. Some of you could tell me some storms. God's put dreams in your heart, and he said, listen, if you will listen, if you'll obey me, if you'll get in the boat with me, if you'll abide with me, we're going to get to the other side. I want to take you where that dream that I put in your heart wants us to go. And listen, God has not given up on that. Maybe you have, but God hasn't. And he's still getting you to. Some of us, the trip takes a little longer than for other people. Some of us, it's like crossing Lake Nasworthy, but some of us, are, we're like crossing the Atlantic Ocean on this trip, right? God's timing. Not yours. You can say, it is well even when the future does not look bright. Write that down. You can say, it is, see, for them, it does, the future doesn't look so bright. Is he saying, pray for me? No. That's what I used to say when my mother would carry me out of church. We had those old pine wooden pews. Anybody ever grew up in church with pews? You cut your teeth on them. Yeah, your teeth marks are still there if the, if the pews are still there. We grew up in the day when they had no pads. And if you were rouse, if you're a little bit rowdy, man, if you fell back, you bam, you'd hit your head. And when that happened, you know what happened? Your, your arms got extended. Whew! You were going outside, buddy. Pray for me. You can say it is well even when the future doesn't look bright. Look at Acts 27. Verse one, uh, 21 through 26. I hope I got the right scriptures this week. <laughs> but after a long abstinence from food, this is the Apostle Paul. He's on a boat. 
He's on a ship. There, he's been, uh, he has been arrested, and he's been taken to Rome. To, he said, God's got me. He said, I'm going to go to Rome. I'm going to the other side. See, God had a plan for Paul, that Paul, but that plan didn't look like Paul probably figured it was going to look. He thought, you know, I was going to go to Rome. I'm going to go stand before Caesar. But here he's going to Rome. He's going in chains, okay? And he's on this boat. In this boat, the, the storm comes up, and, man, everything is looking bleak. The future doesn't look too bright. And it says this. He said to them, let us cross. I mean, excuse me. He said, Paul stood in the midst of them and said, men, you should have listened to me and not have sailed from Crete and incurred the, this disaster and loss. And now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. Anybody ever felt like you just, God kept you alive, but you lost everything else? He said, you're, gonna, you're not going to die, but you're, the ship's going down. For there stood by me this night an angel of God, the God to whom I belong and whom I serve. And this angel said this, do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar. In other words, Paul's, uh, God says, I've got a plan, a purpose for you, and this is how you're going to get there. And indeed, God has granted you all those who sell with you. See, it's good to be with other men. When you're hanging out with people that are of faith, it's good to hang on to them and hang out with them. And they were hanging out. They were with Paul, so they were in a good place. He said, and indeed, God has granted all those who sell with you. They're going to live. Therefore, take heart, men, for I believe that God is, uh, will will be just as he told me. However, here's the, here's the good part. However, we must run aground on a certain island. Isn't that what it says? For however, we must run aground. On a certain island. I don't know if you know this or not, but running aground in a ship isn't a good thing. It cracked. The, the hole was going to break up. They had to put, they were tying ropes. Go back and read the story. They were tying these long ropes all the way around the ship trying to keep it together. How many of you have just tried everything that you know to keep it together sometimes? You're trying to keep your household together. You're trying to keep your finances together. You're trying to keep your family together. You're trying to keep your job issues. You're trying to gather men. You're tying the ropes, and you're trying to hold on. You're getting rid of the things that you don't need so you'll, you want, you'll, so you'll float a little bit better. That's what they were doing. They were getting rid of all the, good, all the stuff. It was good things, but they were getting rid of it so they could make it to this island. Here's the thing. God has a certain island for you sometimes. You might have to run aground. But listen, God didn't just pick any island. He had a certain island. He had it picked out. That's why he called it a certain island. He said, when you get there, there's going to be provision. There's going to be a place. There's going to be a way made for you to get to finally to get to Rome. There's some things I want you to do on this island. So I'm telling you this morning, if you're on this journey, you can't say, well, it's not well with my soul, Pastor. You just don't know what's going on. Where are you at right now? What's God teaching you right now in the midst of the storm, in the midst of your, your boat falling apart? God wants to reveal himself to you in ways that you can't even imagine. <laughs> Romans eight twenty eight says, And we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Man, some of you think, man, I, I just don't know, Pastor. You sound like you're just blowing smoke today. I, I, don't, this, I don't know. It's not changing anything in my life. I'm not going to change anything in your life anyway. But the Holy Spirit, God can. You can say it is well. Just the next thing you want to write down. You can say it is well even when you're facing death. Even when you're facing death. You can, you, uh, that's what Horatio B. Spafford did when he saw the death of his son and then four children. You can say it is well even in the face of death. Philippians 1, 19 through 23 says, For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, 
according to my earnest expectation and hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed. But with all boldness, as always, so now also, Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is what? Christ. And to die is what? Gain. You know what gain means? Christ. (laughs) For to me, to live is Christ, to die is Christ. Either way, he said it works. But if I live on in the flesh, this will mean fruit for my labor. In other words, if I stay alive, there's going to be fruit for my labor. Man, see, the devil has, it's, it's, it's a lose-lose for the devil. If we live, then we're still living under Christ. We're laboring under Christ. We're seeing fruit under Christ, right? If we die, we go and be with Christ. It's win-win for us, lose-lose for the enemy. There was an interesting thing that my wife said the other day. Many of y'all know we've been praying for my brother-in-law, Paul, as a spiritual father to me, a mentor to me. And, man, we've been praying and praying and crying and praying, just you know, sending the word of faith. And, man, he's just made this tremendous turnaround. And, and my wife spoke this. She said, I want the enemy to hear this. And I said, what? He said, listen, if Paul were to die, many souls would come to the kingdom. I thought, whoa, never thought about it like that. You know why? Because... At Paul's funeral, people would get saved because he's had such an impact on so many hundreds and hundreds of people. Man, if, 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 if they found out that Paul Sanders had passed away and the church house it wouldn't hold everybody, people would be coming from all over. People would get saved because of his testimony. They would. So she said, maybe he'll, you know, maybe the enemy will quit bothering him so much because if he were to die, he would be a huge threat to the kingdom, to Satan's kingdom. Okay, so Paul says, he says, even in facing death, he says, I know that he's look at verse 19. For I know that this thing, this imprisonment is what he's talking about, will turn out for my deliverance. And he says, there's two things that will make it turn out for the good. You need to hear this this morning. First of all, he says, for because of your prayer support. And then he says, because of the spirit of Jesus Christ, which is the Holy Spirit. Two things Paul said, I want to thank you for. I want to thank you for praying for me. Listen, how many of you have ever been to a place where you couldn't say it is well with my soul? So people came alongside you and they held you up and they said it might not be well right now for you, but we are praying for you that you would not give up, that you would not lose heart, that your faith would not go dim. We need each other. People that think, oh, church is just a bunch of hypocrites that get together and make a lot of noise, and we want to separate, I'm going to do my own thing. Listen, the Bible doesn't teach that one bit. It says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves with God's people. It does. Because, listen, you separate one from the herd, that one is going to get attacked. We need each other. We need each other, church. Paul needed the body of Christ. He needed the saints praying for him. And he said, because of the prayers, because of your prayers, and because of the supply, which is the power supply of the Holy Spirit, I've made it through. And the the interesting thing to me about this is that ship that was taking Paul to Rome delivered him to prison. He is writing this. He is writing this letter to the church at Philippi. He's writing it from, from prison. We need each other. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. To help us to respond when the enemy says, ah, you're, you're lost. You're, you're, a, you're a lost cause. You, you have no faith. You're this. You're that. The condemnation comes. The condemnation gets built up. It builds up and builds up and builds up. And the Holy Spirit comes and goes, get out, Satan. It is well with their soul because I live in them. I reside in them. 
you can say it is well even when your prayers aren't answered the way you think they should be answered. That's the next one. You can say it is well with my soul even when your prayers aren't answered the way you think they should be answered. How many of you have ever prayed for God to do certain, certain things and you kind of mapped it out for him how you wanted the answer? Okay, God, I'm going to present my request to you. And I know I'm going to give you thanks for answering. And this is what I want. This is how I want it to be done. Here's my timetable, right? And we, we, we order things for God, and we, we order him like he's some uh, a servant or a maid, maid server. Or he's like a slot machine that you put a nickel in, you push a button, and you get what you want to come out the bottom. We treat him that way sometimes, or like a wishing well. Oh, God, this is what I want. Boop, you know? Listen to what he says in Philippians 4. This is... After what we just read, he said, I don't care if I live or die because it's all about Christ. He says in verse 1, therefore, my beloved and long for brethren, my joy and my crown. So stand fast in the Lord, beloved. I implore you, Adia, and I implore Suntake to be of the same mind in the Lord. And I urge you also, true companion, help these women who labored with me in the gospel with the Clement also and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. There were two women that were having a little feud, but their names are in the book of life. And he's saying, listen, we need unity in the church. But listen, that didn't dissuade Paul from going on to say this. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. The Lord is near. The Lord is in the boat. The Lord is in the ship. He's at hand. He's right there with you. And then he said this in Philippians 4, 6, and 7. It's one of those passages that you should memorize. There's a ton of them you should memorize. This is a good one. It's a really good one. So so Philippians 4, 6, and 7. How many of you know that verse, of those two verses? Okay. And you might have learned it in different translations, and you might jumble them up like I do sometimes. Okay. Don't worry about anything, but it says actually in the New King James, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by what? In prayer. By prayer and supplication with what? Thanksgiving. Present your request or let your request be made known to God. Let him know, here's what I need, Lord. He didn't say ask him for what you want. He said, this is what I need. He said, present your request to God. Make them known to God. And then then this thing will happen. And the peace of God, which surpasses what? All understanding will do what? Guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. The funny thing about that verse is it doesn't say when you re- present your request to God and you map it out how you want the answer to be made, that that's how it will happen. He just says, if you present it with thanksgiving through prayer and you entrust it to him, then you also are going to trust him for the answer. And when you trust him for the answer, guess what he does? He gives you peace and calm, just like Jesus in the boat, sleeping in the boat while everything's going on all around. You can rest in him if you trust him. But if you bring a request to God and then you take it back and decide, I'm going to go fix this. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go do that. And God didn't tell you to go do this. And God didn't tell you to go fix that. Then you know what you're going to do? You're not going to have any peace at all. And the storm's just going to keep brewing in your life. Prayer works best when we give, when we don't tell God what to do. Prayer works best when we trust him with the answers. Prayer works best when we commit it to him and we hear him say to us, it's well with your soul. 
I'm going to bring you peace. I'm going to bring you joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. That's why you can say rejoice in the Lord always. Always. Not just when things are good. We, we tend to rejoice when things are good, but we don't rejoice so much when things are not going our way, do we? And finally, I want to tell you this. I want to share this with you. It is well with Freedom Fellowship. It is well with Freedom Fellowship. Philippians 4, 8 and 9 says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report. Say good report. If there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. Isn't it amazing that Paul is penning this from prison? The place most of us would love to avoid. God reveals himself to us in the midst of the most weird places in our life, doesn't he? Like this morning, I, I, I prayed, didn't I? I prayed the first service that... It takes sometimes being in a financial crisis for us to see Jesus when he reveals himself as our provider. We may never have seen him that way before. We might have think, thought that we are our own provider. and we are, We're the ones responsible. And God says, no, I'm your provider. Or when you get to a place where the medicine doesn't work and the, and the, the, the doctor visit doesn't work and you come to a place where you have to just trust God and you begin to trust him. And he says, now let me reveal myself to you as, as healer. And we, sometimes it takes us to get into the certain places in our life for him to, for him to manifest and reveal himself or where actually where we'll see him in those situations. When I was very, very, I was recovering from the first surgery I had this summer. I think I, I'm not sure this with you, but a, a lot of your new faces here. And my faith level was not at an all-time high, I'll tell you that. And I had many, many of you, many of you were praying for me. And y'all were holding me up. You were holding my wife up. She would be holding me up, I'd hold her. We were just, you know, it was a a team effort. And we knew the Holy Spirit was within us. And I needed, I, I just was at a place where we'd had a bad night. And we had just, it just was not, and Mary Lou would, would watch teaching tapes, and she said, why don't you watch this? And we sat out in the patio at my sister's house, watch this teaching by Graham Cook. And he said, he said, sometimes we're always looking ahead, like on the other side, getting to where we're supposed to go. How's it going to look? I just can't wait for my next surgery. Yeah, I could wait. Matter of fact, I had to wait. Or, you know, how many times do you say, I just can't wait until, boop. And we miss the moment of where God, who he is in the moment where we're in the storm. When he's trying to reveal himself to us in the midst of the storm. So Graham Cook said, quit looking there. Begin to look here right in front of you. Who is God to you right now in the midst of the storm? And I thought, man, I had to repent, first of all. Because I was, I was already thinking, I can't wait to get the next surgery and everything's back to kind of normal. Right? So I was already thinking that way, and he, that brought, I had to repent. God, who are you to me right now? I woke up the next morning, got up early, and walked outside, had a cup of coffee, and sitting on the patio, just me and, me and the Lord. And I said, Lord, who are you to me now? 
right now, today. And it's clear as a bell. He said, I am the lifter of your head. Wow. I needed that. That's not a, that's not a scripture I quote very often. That's not an Old Testament and the Psalms that I go to very often. But God said, hey, Harold, I'm the lifter of your head. I am. The great I am said that to me. You talk about a boost of him revealing himself to me in that moment. When he revealed himself to me in that moment, I was overwhelmed with his love and his grace and his mercy. I want to tell you in the moment you're in right now, he'll reveal himself to you if you'll let him. But I want to share this with you. It is well with Freedom Fellowship. Um, Can I give you a good report? You already hear a good report? Because this is you that participates in this when you give and when you serve. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, I'm fine. Just tearing up. Crying does that to you, I think. When we started with, we always tell people, we started with eight people. I think that's actually what we started with. I don't know. Eight people in our home. And after a couple of years when we were meeting, y'all have seen the video, you know, just a few people in Christians in Action Building, a little stinky building, and very little income coming in. And um, Mark and Kristen came to us one day. and So we think we can start paying you, Pastor. <laughs> so, well, that's good because my job is, <coughs> is ended. And we need some income. Had a daughter at UT. Had exhausted all of our life savings. And uh, at the end of this year, and we don't really look at these figures much because we've never had an administrator actually figure them all out and Put them all in the right columns, but now that God's blessed us with Joe Grimes. Thank God for Joe. He got so excited about this. He said, I can't wait to tell the pastor. I, he's, I said, write it down for me so I can share it with, the, with everybody. This year, we actually had an income, total income in our church, what you've given, just a little bit over $600,000. But that's, that's not the exciting part. The exciting part is how much we've given out. Because we've always believed, and I, I know it's not necessarily biblical. I, I believe in the tithe, that, which means the tenth. I believe that as families or individuals that we are to give, that that belongs to the Lord. Anything above that, it's considered an offering. So in giving and in giving outsourcing through benevolence, through the food pantry, through love gifts and missions and bonuses uh, that bless other people, Jesus in the park, uh, youth camps, all those things, we gave out 22.6% of the income of this church. That's incredible, church. That's $130,000 that has gone to support and outsource into other, into this community to touch the lives of people that never may ever, ever come into this building, ever. That we have been a part of that. That you've been a part of that. So when you give, maybe, you know, I wonder where that money goes. I, I, well, it goes to salaries and, and paying the electric bill and gas and water and, and all these other things. And upkeep and maintenance. And, and it goes to so many things. But over, 
20% of what you give goes out to other ministries that goes out into the community and touches the lives. It's just not, we don't just give them food. We give them Jesus. When we send, when we, when we, when we give money to Don Babbin, we're not just sending Don Babbin over there to see a tribe. We're sending Jesus over there. When we sow, when we sow into Ron Campbell, when we sow into Back to Back in Mexico, when we sow into the Pregnancy Help Center, when we sow into Bobby Chance's Streetwise Ministries, we're sowing Jesus into the in the life of this world, in the in the lives of people all around this world. From here, it, that's amazing to me that God will allow us little old uses to be used in the kingdom in a powerful way. Amen. And I believe that this next year is going to be so far exceeds what we've done this year through the power of the Holy Spirit, the supply of the Holy Spirit this coming year. I don't know if any of you saw the, the Christmas Eve candlelight service worship guide. I looked on the back, the little letter I write every year. I was, I was just overwhelmed again. When I started writing them down, then we would look at them and go, oh, we left out this one. Oh, we left out that one, so we'd write them all down again. I say, Diana, we, we missed one. Merely, we missed one, and we'd go back and have to add some more. I want to tell you, just so you'll know, because this is you. This isn't just me. This is everybody here. This is what we're involved in in this little church of three to 400 people. We have a food pantry. We have life groups. We have combat veterans outreach, set-free ministries, and the justice home. We have adopt-the-school program. We have worship services that include Jesus in the park outside the walls. We have intercessory prayer that is amazing. We have whole person counseling as well as pastoral counseling. We have come alongside of Potter's Hand. They, have, they filled this auditorium for their Christmas service this year. It was over full, okay? They started out with five students a few years ago. They have over 100 now. And we come alongside them and provide for them and serve with them. We have... The turkey drop, hope from the heart, um, hands and feet of Jesus, freedom foundations, the deacon ministry, the van ministry, children's and youth ministries. And we also have uh, support back-to-back, Sound of the Trumpet, Don Michelle Babin, Streetwise Ministries, and the Pregnancy Help Center. Did I leave anybody out? And that doesn't even include all the individual ministry that you do outside the walls of this building, beyond life groups. God is up to a lot of good things here. And I want to leave you with that today. I want you to understand, it does, has this 2014, has it been smooth sailing all the time? No. But has it been well with our soul in the midst of it? Yes, it has. And I want, to be, I want you to be encouraged this morning to know that no matter what you're going through, if Jesus lives in you, you can say, it is well with my soul. Would you stand? Would you stand? I need every available ministry team and life group pastor to the front. Everyone. No exceptions. Where's Jeff? Mary Lou, can you go play? I want everybody, I'm gonna, I want to use the pastor card this morning. You know what the pastor card is? When I say something, you do it. 
No ifs, ands, or buts, no questions. I would like everybody to bow your heads and close your eyes, including the ministry team, sound booth, everybody. I'm looking around. Everybody, close your eyes. <laughs> bow your heads, close your eyes. You know what? This is a trust thing. And so when I say that, if you're not willing to do that and submit, you already got a problem. You understand me? Because I'm asking you, I'm asking people around this room to trust me that nobody's going to be looking around. Because I, I know, I used to look around. <laughs> but it's a trust thing. So I'm going to ask you to close your eyes, bow your heads. I don't even want you to be listening for a hand to go up. Every eye closed. Because this is very, very, very serious. Very serious. Wait just a minute, Frank. Not yet. Not yet. Just hold, hold off till I tell you what I want, what I believe the Holy Spirit wants. Some of you here this morning, you're going through some stuff, and you cannot say it is well with my soul. And I want you to know that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So I want you to understand the enemy will like to give condemnation and put that on you right now. But that's not God. That's the enemy. So if you're one of those people this morning, you're, you're just being honest. You're saying, man, I, don't, I just don't feel it, Pastor. There's some things going on in my life. I'm, I can't say it as well with my soul. If that's you this morning, every eye closed, nobody looking around. If you can't say it, I just want you to slip your hand up real quick. Put it back down. All over the room. All over the room. All right. Thank you. Thank you for your honesty. Just you and me know that. And the Holy Spirit, of course. You can put your hands down. But here's the big deal. Here's the, the next big thing. If you raised your hand this morning, I really, and God doesn't want you to leave without somebody praying for you. And we have ministry team all the way across the front. And we're gonna, I'm going to ask you, as an act of faith, if you raised your hand this morning, I want to ask you as an act of faith to step out and come. Come to one of these teams of ministers and let them pray for you. Let them speak life into you this morning. So just right now, just step out and come. You raise your hand. It's no condemnation. There's no judgment. My goodness. I was there this summer. If I'd have been out there, I'd have been raising my hand this summer. I needed somebody to pray for me. I needed somebody to hold my hands up. I needed somebody to encourage me. All over the place, people are coming. If you're a Christian, I just want you to pray. You're a prayer warrior just to pray. Pray right now. There's no better thing I can think of to start out the next year than leaving this place today saying, it is well with my soul. My finances are horrible. My marriage isn't so good. The household's in disarray. But with me, Christ in me, it is well with my soul. I'm going to go back out and live life. And I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. And I'm going to share His glory. God wants to reveal Himself to you this morning. In the midst of whatever your trial is, He wants to reveal Himself to you in a way you've never seen Him before. Maybe this morning you need to be like me. You need to hear somebody say, He's the lifter of your head. Because my head was hanging low. And He lifted my head up that morning. And I didn't look back.
And I wasn't thinking, oh, what's he going to do for me six months from now? I was just thanking him for the moment. He's asking you to thank him in advance for what he's doing. This morning, he wants to reveal himself to you in a fresh and powerful way. If you're waiting, to just wait patiently. We'll, the rest of you can be seated. You can be seated wherever you're at. Just stay in an attitude of prayer. Just want to encourage people today in Jesus. He's the lifter of your head. It is well with my soul. your situation, whatever that is right now, that's maybe you're, you can picture yourself, just close your eyes and picture yourself, you're in a boat, and just picture what the storm is that you're, that you're going through, can you picture it, what's the issue, addiction, family problems, marital problems, financial, whatever that storm is that's going around you, I just want you to picture yourself in the boat. with you you can see him there and he's resting you may be a little frantic but he's resting and you just go nudge him say Jesus wake up and he speaks to you this morning hey I'm with you I got this just abide with me stay here close to me because we're going to get to the other side speak to you this morning say peace be still and he would rebuke that Jesus would rebuke the devourer who's trying to take your joy to rob you to kill to steal and destroy your life and Jesus would rebuke him for you and bring peace into your life today we just got through singing this Christmas season peace on earth goodwill toward men come to bring you peace today. Would you receive his peace? Can I just bless you with that this morning? The peace of God that transcends all understanding. That you'll receive his peace today. You'll recognize that he's with you. He will not leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll never give up on you. And the next thing I'd like you to ask the Lord this morning is, Lord, would you reveal yourself to me in a fresh way in these next few days? I'd love to have a revelation of who you are in my life in a certain situation. Something maybe you've been trying to fix. And God says, take your hands off. Let me do that. Let me help you. He wants to reveal himself to you today. Would you let him do that?
sing with me. Jesus, you are my King. Jesus, you Cortez made Jesus his king, gave his life to Christ. Amen. The one single most important decision you ever make. Single most important decision you will ever make. Get Trump's getting married. Or picking a college or moving. It's where you spend eternity. Beginning now. Where are you, Raymond? It begins now. Eternity begins now. I mean, people think, well, when I die, I'm going to spend eternity with Jesus. It starts today. But this moment you ask him into your heart, your life, it changed. The Bible says all the old things, Raymond, everything before, it's changed. All that's passed away. Behold, all things are new. So I just want to encourage you today. Thank you for giving. I mean, Bible says in heaven they're having a party right now. The angels are celebrating your decision today. Man. I wonder how they do that. I wonder how they celebrate up there. I mean, it just—I I think of things like that. Wow, they rejoice over one sinner who repents. And that's what you've done today. You changed the way you thought. God's changed your thinking, and now you're a part of the kingdom of God.